Yo. Can you hear me, good sir? I can hear you, good sir. How are you? I am doing wonderful. So as I'm as I'm sharing all of this uh, shit over on social media, I'm putting interview with Cody. And I realize it just seems like I'm interviewing a random ass person. Because <laughs> you are, though. You really are. Well, I mean, in, in like a uh, in a wide technical sense, kind of, yes. But in the local scene around our area, people are people kind of know what your name is. They see you throwing right. flyers around. They see you doing your podcast. They have seen you do local shows, a fuck ton of them. So it's mm. it's more of a what area am I talking about here? Because like I said, people who know you, the local scene, know what this is all about. Right, right. I, I try to establish it like that. We got away from that H word pretty pretty quick. It, it was nice. It was a nice transition. So I'm glad people know, but like people who don't like who the fuck is that. I see that on statuses sometimes when like people like tag songs. They're like, "Oh yeah, or check out the check out the Cody podcast." And it's like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like, <laughs> it's like I I, I know of it. another I know of another person, but I don't know of Cody. Exactly, exactly. I had to hide from him. Hey man, as long as it works for you, that's how I've always been. If it works for you, fuck everybody else. Yep, and that's where I'm at in life. All right, so. Let's introduce you to the folks here. Who is Cody? What do you do? Do you show? Do you have an OnlyFans? Do you show yourself publicly? Do you show yourself privately? I sell feet pics <laughs> for the low low. I'll be stepping on food, but normally just fast food. We don't do the fruits and veggies. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, I'm so a, so do you I'm sell a like vegetarian with every, the feet? Every squish is five bucks. Oh man, that, dude, you're talking like four years ago. We're up to like 50, 50 plus. You know what I'm saying? We Ooh. had to establish. Damn, so you're putting out putting out them fucking big numbers with just stepping on stepping on tomatoes and shit. Yeah, no, not tomatoes. Just fast food like uh, the gordita crunches, and you know I'll, I'll hit a whopper once in a while. You know what I'm saying? That's like <laughs> 75, but they up to any. Get get real frisky. Do some like do a quesadilla. Oh shit, quesadillas. Pfft. Get real fucking frisky with them. Yep, yep. We'll we'll go gourmet once in a while with the Olive Garden, the microwave <laughs> shit. <laughs> then if they want if they want to pay that top top dollar, we'll go Texas yep. Roadhouse. Oh, I'll step on some rolls for days. <laughs> um, no, I'm Cody. Um, I do a uh, I've been doing solo music for 16 years under a different name most of the time, but like we don't even say that name. That name's not in the vocabulary anymore. Um, I also do the Rebellion. I'm the lead singer of a new metal group who we're now we were doing old songs of mine. Now we're transitioning to doing actual songs that we want to do. It was just kind of to get started. We've been working hard on that shit. And then I am the host of the Cody Live podcast, which is a informal podcast about the music business to basically basically we get a bunch of like experienced uh, locals and non-local performers. Like as of recently, we had like a break of Jackass and CKY on there. And shit like that, just trying to get um, other people's feedback on the shit, like bad experiences on the road and shit like that. So, like, young artists can get, if they ever run into that situation, you know, they kind of know what to do and trying to do a good thing, you know what I'm saying? So, what made you want to start a podcast? Because I knew, like you said, you did uh, solo music for 16 years, and it just seemed like the podcast idea started out of nowhere. Like, there was no preparation. There was no, like, warning everybody that, hey, I'm going to start doing a podcast. It was like one night, boom. Hey, I'm doing the Cody podcast. Come by and say hi. What what made you want to start one? 
Well, I, I was introduced to something uh, a couple years back called Clubhouse, where they would have conversations. Um, and I, well, it, it really goes way the fuck back because um, back in like eighth grade, I had aspirations of being a radio host. And then I realized what radio hosts actually have to go through. And then they told me about the pay of a radio host. Oh, I'm the like, pay Man, is shit. Dude, is- you don't get paid nothing. I, I've, <laughs> Ironically, I went to Yes FM of all places. Worst place to ever do on the job, job shadowing, whatever the hell it was called. Because I am so far from, you know, like the their standards, you know what I'm saying? No, no, not bashing nobody on that, but I'm not that type of human being i guess you could say well I, and, in uh, all reality if i were to see you on a radio it would be kind of like a shock jack sort of thing like an opie and anthony or old school howard stern sort of thing like that's the sort of radio host i could see you doing you know yeah 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 so i went in there and i saw everything i saw all the technicalities they were showing me programs which i even went home and downloaded like i was i was on my parents personal fucking computer or whatever their pc i was downloading shit which i couldn't use anyway and I was like, man, I, that was kind of always my thing, but it just didn't pay enough. So I was like, whatever, that's not a very good career path unless I'm trying to be like Ryan Seacrest. And I didn't want to be that. You know, so it'll like, pay more music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I don't, I don't even know where that stuck around. That had to be all love. But um, yeah, I, well, I saw a clubhouse and there was like, like you get in clubhouse conversations and like, you see like Royce to five, nine and they're talking, just informing people about stuff. Like, Ways to come up in the game. Los is in there a lot. He's still in there a lot. So I was like, I started out on Discord. Um, I'd get like little groups together and we'd just talk music with each other and shit. And whoever wanted to join could. I, uh, that was before the Cody Live podcast. We were just basically beating up as friends and uh, like fellow artists and stuff. And then in time, I found StreamYard in which we just started inviting other people. It was me and uh, DJ The Ha. Shout out to him. Um, it was just a small idea, like, hey, let's put together a music informative podcast. So we just bullshitted. Like me and him just bullshitted. And then uh Jake Gibson came along, beatbox Jake. And then we just all of a sudden, like, we had other artists hitting us up, like, hey, let me on that. Like, how how do I get involved? And so they started getting involved. And then like ultimately, you know, it just started growing and shit. And we're like, hey, let's try to get like bigger guests. And, you know, you can get we had scum on there. Uh that was really cool. <laughs> Yeah, we had Scum on there. That was really cool. And he just, like, his opinion of the game differs from Chad's opinion of the game. Chad's opinion of the game compared to mine. And it all goes in a circle, but you discuss these things. Well, you, and, and you then, also got to realize that the type of rap that Scum makes is very kind of, it's like if a horror movie and hip-hop combined, except a real, like, real, hey, man, I heard about this horror movie on the internet. I'm going to download it on a disc, and I'm going to show you this, but you can't tell people you have it sort of horror movie, you know? Right. Whereas whereas you have somebody who, like you, kind of makes, I'm not really, I'm not trying to take a jab here, but you have more like the radio-friendly sound with some of your tracks where you could take it to a radio and be like, hey, can you play this for a couple, you know, put this in rotation where Scum can't exactly go do that. Right. Right. And that's that's what makes it unique, too, though, because we get so many different... Um, cause it's not just hip hop, you know, we got like, uh, Alex shows up a lot. He's, he's a rocker. Um, Devin, he's a rocker. Uh, you know, Chad's a, Chad's a, uh, EDM DJ, you know what I'm saying? So you're getting so many different, um, perspectives on the game and then it's opened eyes to like, yeah, I see promoters nowadays using some of my techniques now to make it so like the artists are getting paid that they weren't doing before. And now people are seeing that moral side after actually conversating about it. And, you know, and, and overall, like the connections made and stuff like Purple Sticky, um, 
that was on the show with Rake, we're actually working in the near future. And when I when I say near, I'm talking like near near. Um, just because of that podcast, like Beatbox Jake got booked in Ohio because of a contact that he made on the podcast, and that's that's what it's all about: bringing everybody together and nobody's right, nobody's wrong. Yeah. No, of course, and and you know, like I said, you're gonna have different viewpoints on the music industry. Uh, different ways that people have decided to hustle because you have your generation who grew up on flyers, word of mouth, telling folks, you know, telling folks like, Hey, I got a show this night. Want to come see it. We're now you have the digital age where you post on TikTok, you post on YouTube, you post on Twitter saying, yep. Hey, we got a show at this location at this time. Come support. I mean, flyers are even digital. Now I see more flyers digitally than I did back in the day when I was working, you know, when I was working at Walmart and I seen, people in the parking lot just putting flyers under windshield wipers. Right. So right. how how different is the promotion game now? Because you said that people are getting work through podcasts and stuff like that. Where, um, how how uh, different do you think those two aspects are? What, the promotion game from back in the day to now? Yes. Yep. How, how do those two differ widely? Um. Now I think it's getting back to the way it kind of used to be, but in different ways. Like they're... Um, the thing is back in the day, you know, you would, you would print up show flyers and they didn't have, they didn't necessarily even have to be like professional glossy, nothing. But like, I grew up in the Toledo scene a lot. Cause there was nothing here really, unless you did shows at like the cafe and Adrian, there was nothing here. Like any kind of thing that was going on here was either me or Alex and you had to throw it yourself. So if you wanted to get on something, you went to Toledo or somewhere around that area or like Detroit kind of or hunt. something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but like, even out there, like you were, like you said, like you were getting flyers put under your windshield or you would take them to stores or gas stations and hang those up, which it went to an age in like MySpace and stuff where you didn't have to do that. Like you could post a flyer on somebody's wall and just continuously do it. And then they made bots for it and shit, which basically you set that bot up, hit all those profiles. You have like 32,000 friends. I think I had like I think I had like 90,000 friends on MySpace and I would literally just hit that bot and it would comment to every wall. And then you see in a turnout, like it was like no effort whatsoever. And then it just started getting so freaking saturated, especially when Facebook came along. Oh yeah. To the point. We, we of, all, we all missed them. MySpace music days. Yes. Everybody appreciated it. Like when they heard new music, people were open to it, but then it got so saturated. It just got ridiculous. You know, like everybody, and I think it's it's not bashing it's not bashing how things are done today, but like I think it it was the point of like when people figured out hey I can go out and buy a mic and shit now is so much more quality than it used to be, like and for the price that you pay now like this four hundred dollar mic you know that I have at home, back in the day would have costed a lot more and oh, it wouldn't yeah. have had near the, near the quality you would have had to figure it out now you can just grab a mic and some of these mics mix for themselves like. And I think that had something to do with it. But nowadays, uh, promotion-wise, like um, Shattered Dreams, who I just partnered up with, um, they're doing QR codes right on their right on their flyers and their pamphlets. So basically, you click on that QR code with your phone, and you go to everything. Like it, if you click on mine, if you ever see one of mine around, um, it has my podcast on it. It has my new uh, single, Better Day. It has my audio Mac. It has everything on there. Like, and I think that's making a comeback big time right now. I think I think MySpace, the era of musicians that came from there, have transitioned into SoundCloud, but for some odd reason, the quality has went down. I yeah. don't I don't understand it. It's easier. You have more ac- accessibility to microphones, to better mixing software, to better just equipment. 
But for some reason, back in the day, music sounded a whole hell of a lot better than when we go to SoundCloud now. Because you have people... I think one of the reasons for that, though, too, is some of the artists that were using those professional studios at the time with people who knew how to mix, they're not doing that no more because they find this accessibility. And I will say, like, for, from somebody who's mixed his own stuff, I don't do it now because I found somebody who could do it better for me and who does a really good job and I can connect with on it, and it's less on me. But from somebody who can mix and learn this stuff myself, it's not as easy as it looks, and it's not for everybody. And I think that's kind of why... People are kind of taking the cheap route out, and some people just can't. Like, I mean, there's ways to learn it, but you do got to have an ear for it. Oh, yeah. You you know, you can you can tell somebody, hey, I know how to mix, or hey, I know how to make beats, but if your beat sounds like you're just taking two pans and smacking those motherfuckers together and then adding, yeah. a like, a basic-ass bass line, that's, you're, yeah, you're going to get some kid on SoundCloud telling you, oh, hey, man, this, this beat is fire. Right, right, right. And that's you always have that one fan though that's always I call them like especially your friends like friends are always enablers like they're always going to tell you your shit's cool I like hearing it from like people who are I have no fucking clue like somebody comments on my shit and like yeah dude that shit was sweet you know da 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 and it's like I have no clue who you are but I know you're being honest about it instead right. of I would rather have dickhead me. friends that tell me like eh man that wasn't it or eh you know yeah. that could have been mixed a little bit better that beat kind of sounds a little whack Right. All right, let's right. let's that's... go to the chat real quick cuz we got some people coming in here. Oh, We got Tisha Baby Triple 9, A my boy Cody, Miss Naughty. Miss Naughty, I like your hat. Thank you very much. Kadoom 54 reminds me I need to work on seeing if I can get that QR on a shirt and I think accessibility has trashed everything these days where you had to have the passion back in the day. That is a good True. point. Yeah, it a lot of people just see these uh, see these artists on TikTok or on these social media apps just pushing like that one song for like it, three three four months with nothing else, no mm-hmm. album, no EP, no like little collection of songs, just one song, four months, and then don't hear from them again. And I think I think it's it started, and I hate I hate blaming this. I hate even bringing the name up. I think it's a trendy thing too. I think it's one of those things like they hear a song on the radio, which I, I hate listening to the radio so bad most times. Oh, Spotify but, has spoiled me. Spotify has spoiled me rotten. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm on the same I'm on the same boat with that. But like people hear what's hot and then they want to be it's kinda like it even goes back to when I was younger, like when freaking like Soldier Boy was out. Soldier Boy first came out, you started hearing songs similar to that. Like it was just a trend and a fad and everybody started doing it. And then that era comes and goes, and then they try to get into the next fad, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> yep, Don't do it. Either that or you just never hear from them. Right, right. You get that one one radio single, like Soldier Boy made Crank That. We obviously all know that one. Mm-hmm. And then, shit, I didn't hear from him for another seven years, and he's like, oh, I've been dropping mixtape after mixtape. I went to Dat Piff, and I was like, oh, holy fuck, he's not kidding. Uh-huh. He, has, he has been dropping mixtapes. Holy shit. Yep, there was there was that one little stage there, like the what was it? I'm not I'm not even gonna say like all of it was shit. Like Soldier Boy, that, that was a it was a it was a catchy ass song. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't necessarily good or lyrical miracle in your stereo. Maybe not my type of song. When you were fucked up, that crank that Soldier Boy came on. You knew like, hey, oh yeah, is that shit? This is where the dance floor is gonna pile up back in the day. Or like Roscoe Dash, that was kind of trendy at the time. Uh, Travis Porter, those guys are fucking huge for a minute. And then where the fuck are they at now? You know. And, you think like people would learn from that trendy shit a little bit to start your own. 
It, you would you would think they do, but then it comes it comes down to this worked for me then, so I'm gonna try it now. And then they dip in the new scene and like, wow, this isn't doing shit. So mm-hmm. they try it and then they get told on their, like their EPs or singles all the new shit. They're like, wow, this didn't sell like shit. And they go back to the old stuff and their old fans are like. Man, this sounds like his old shit. And then it's just rinse, repeat. It's the same cycle over and over and over again. Yeah, that's why I, I hear like, I listen, I I listen. I, I have a really, really good listening ear for local music. And it's like not bashing or nothing. Just like getting people to not follow. Like continue with what you're doing, with what you want to do. Like I hear so many Juice Worlds. I hear so many Lil Uzis in the local scene. I hear an influence is one thing, but when you're totally going for that sound and it's like, so freaking apparent those are the type of people that kind of took the lane that like the the juice like his sound was unique and that's why he got noted for it like not all the way i mean if 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 he wouldn't have passed he would have still had like some recognition because it was original oh he would i think he would have gotten i think he would have got um a lot he would have gotten a lot bigger had he not passed when he did you know he'd yeah he'd be more of a i mean he was a big name but i think his name would be People would call him a legend, which they do now, yeah. but I don't think he earned that spot in any right of the word. Right, and it's, it's no offense to him either. That dude made some good-ass music. He just had, you didn't see, you didn't see what else he had. No, had we, so much. we got he him in young. his early years. Yep, yep, and that's the same thing with, you know, like, like the pot, we just talked about the pocket ar- argument and shit, like, well, uh, T-Pain made that comment, uh, he's a lyrical rapper nowadays would eat him up or whatever, it's like, well, you, you, you didn't see the end of Pac either. Like, Pac kind of died somewhat early, too. You know, you didn't know what he was going to progress into. So you can't really, that's not even a valid argument. No, I, I, did, I did see that tweet, and when I seen it, I was like, ah, that's, that's kind of that's miss, bud, because we got, I think the last album we got was Machiavelli, if I'm not wrong. I believe so, yes. So the last album we got was Machiavelli, and that was a great-ass album. Mm-hmm. And just looking at that and thinking how much farther he could have went if he continued down that route, I right. think he would have had a lot more dope-ass albums under his belt. Right. Yeah. And the thing was, like, Quick Rap was not cool back then. Like, you hear a lot of, a lot of people with different flows and shit now. That wasn't, that wasn't what was hot back then, really, if you think about it. Like, even Biggie. Biggie wasn't a fast rapper. He was actually, like, bigger than Pac before they both died. Like, Biggie was, like, the mainstream guy. Oh Pac yeah, was more of the gangster rap. Oh yeah, we and, all we all know how fast uh, Biggie rapped. Yes, yes, it, it was. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say. Uh, I'm not going to say the equivalent of country rap, but he was a bigger guy. Like you know what I'm saying. He didn't have the fast flow on him, really, like the chopper flow, nothing like that, like they have nowadays, to where rappers are mixing that shit up. Where you got like Tech, Twista, Busta Rhymes. Uh, oh, you got a bunch of them that do the fast rap. But I mean, you mm-hmm. also had guys like Big Pun too, who was right. who weren't really like skinny, good-looking guys, but that wordplay was just ooh. Ah. Right, right, right. And a lot of those guys back back in the day were preachers. Like, if you think about it, they were telling real stories about shit. And nowadays, you just never know what's what's real and what's not. Kind of sad, but well, because you have so many people that claim to be industry plants, that's one of the problems. Right. As they as they hear one song, they're like, "We can take him. We have the technology to mold him right. into what would make us singles." Now, mm-hmm. you had mentioned about being in a metal band, was it? Yes, we're a new metal group. Okay, let's let's hear a little bit more about that because 
seeing you in a just knowing you for a while hearing you in a metal band that just throws me right off for some reason yeah it's i it's called the rebellion me uh it's three frontmen and uh nate who's play who plays bass for us but um i met up with alex we linked after fucking years of knowing each other and we, we didn't get along at first and it was almost a hearsay we're from the same town we're doing two different genres it just fucking happens Plus, I had a hothead. Anybody that knew me back in the day would tell you that. And I admit that nowadays. I used to have a hothead when I was younger. So we didn't get along for those reasons. So we linked up. Um, I met Devin at a job. That's my guitarist. He's actually the lead singer of Oh Odious Ones. And Alex has numerous projects that he's been, you know, the lead in over the years. But Oh Odious Ones is where Devin was from. I met him at a job. And then I'm like, hey, dude, you, you ought to come jam with us. I think you would like, you know, the the entourage that i have and we'll all get along really well so we're like fuck it we're gonna form kind of like a super group you know i I did the hip-hop thing over the years and i was practicing with the singing getting my voice right i got a screaming voice on me now um like let's fucking do something you know we had to we had to find a bassist and nate was like hey dude i want to play bass for you guys all right cool um and yeah that's we just started uh i think 2020 is when we started all that shit we're all fucking bored. Hey, let's fucking start something different. So we started playing like my old shit, like the hometown loves the feet on the dashboards. Um, and hometown just, love. Yes. We made it into something like complete. It's, it's so much different live with that band. It's so fucking sweet. And I love it because it's like a big middle finger to like all those motherfuckers who always told me over the years, like, Oh wow, you need that backtrack. So you're like karaoke and do your own stuff. Well, uh, come to a rebellion show because I've always been able to do it that way. I just chose to like have backing vocals over the years or have ad lib shit in there just for effect. Like, bitch, I could rap my shit. <laughs> I always love people that have no idea what the fuck they're doing tell you how to do your shit. Yes. Like, oh, yes, you, you I, should you should do this with your you should do this with your audio. You should do this with you know do this with your <laughs> stream. And it's like, how many times have you done this? Oh, I haven't touched the shit. Then what? Yeah, dude, I. The thing is, the thing I've noticed about, especially living here in a small-ass town, is they're going to tell you what to do. But normally, they only do that. They'll be your biggest fan as long as you're doing what they tell you to do. And, like, when you don't, like, you don't, like, Hometown Love came out. And they're like, dude, make some more songs like that. You're going to blow up. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I'm going to do what I want. Like, I, <laughs> I've always done, like, multiple genre fucking affiliations in music. So don't expect me to just go right back to it just because you told me to. Right. Because I, I might come out with a song like that again, but I'm not going to do it for you because I don't do music for people. I do music for me. I, I make songs that I want to make. And that's just uh, when when you stop doing that, you lose your individuality. Fuck that. <laughs> right. Like like I always say, when you come into music, content creation, uh, art, or anything that requires some sort of free thinking, do what you want to do. Because the moment you start doing what people ask you to do, you, right. you're going to lose the drive for it, no matter what. Yep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what that's what kind of sucks though. Like, and, and after after I told them like I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm gonna do what I want to do. They got pissed at me. It was almost like it was almost like they were my fucking like boss at that moment. They were just like, well, you're not gonna do this, so your your other music fucking sucks. It's like that's cool. Thank you. Oh damn, See? it sucks. Someone should have <laughs> told me sooner. <laughs> yeah thanks for being one of my sixty-six thousand fucking views on the video then right <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right scorner and chat brings up a very good point 
We live in a world where 6969 has a career. There is no justice in music. What do you think about that? There is no, like, holding accountability for shitty music anymore. There isn't. And it's, it starts with a label, though. That's what, that's what, it's all where it starts at. There is some kind of fuck. I hate when people say Illuminati because it's not Illuminati. There's such thing as a higher power in music, but it's not that. It's That's such there, a reach. People, it's old white people fucking controlling a culture they know nothing about. Let's put it that way. It, it sucks. It's, it's, it's just pure honesty. You look at all the, like, the label execs and shit. Most of those guys probably don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> that's like, that's that's like gangster it. rap. What do you mean? That, that was like, uh, it's like gangster rap back in the day. They had a bunch of people like, ah, oh, we're going to have actors play gangsters. Make them make yeah. music like that. Yep. So, mm, yep. I mean, it sells, yeah, but it's going it, to, the trend is going to fade out. Right. Right. And it seems like, I, it's weird though, because like even when, even when like these independent artists make it to a certain level, it seems like they're cut off by something. It seems like, you know, you see them reach a peak and then you just don't hear from them. Like, I've, I've been following uh, Whit Lowry for like, he was coming out with hot shit for a hot minute, like years worth of hot shit. And then all of a sudden he just goes silent. What's the reason for that? You know what I'm saying? There's a reason behind it. I, I can't put a fucking finger on it. I haven't gotten that far, but there's a reason behind like the silence of like the un- underground coming up who get to a certain point and just there's nothing else, you know? Yeah. I And, you know, I think a good um, a good representation of being underground, but then getting mainstream fame. I know. I know you're not his biggest fan, but Jelly Roll is a good definition of somebody who started very underground and then made it somewhat big. He's grown on me, especially with his newer shit. He has grown on me a little bit. I like the versatility in it. I'm not a fan of his hip hop per se, but Son of a Sinner is my shit. That that's something I've given it a solid chance. You know what I'm saying? And I've tried. Like it just like the hip hop just ain't my sound. But um. Like son of a sinner, I like I like a lot of his singing shit and stuff, and just what he's doing. He's kind of opening up doors for people. He's opening up doors for people who have been doing this for a minute in the underground. So, oh yeah, oh no doubt, no doubt. You go to chat real quick, and then I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about your influences as metal and all that. Okay. Kadoom fifty four bro saw a video the other day six nine in an interview straight up saying he doesn't even try and pretty much hate his own music. Probably. He did. I saw that. I saw that video. It was on a reel. <laughs> Miss Naughty, that's ignorant. They're just in it for the fucking money. Yeah, we we all yep. know that. Yeah, we we all know that it when it as soon as the money hits, it's like, well, I don't give a fuck what I make now. Scorner, right. the record industry is owned by a small group of people. They can stifle and destroy any career they want to. Fuck yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. They can choose. They can choose whether or not to just smack down any any artist that says, "Well, I kind of want to do this." No, can't. Yep. Can't make yep. that kind of music. Yep. Scornered underground artists have to have the popularity from the people and the grip loosened with the advent of the internet, making it easier to put their shit out. Like we were saying in the beginning. Yep. So when it comes to metal music, who would, what did you grow up on? As far as like, I was more new metal for the most part. Um, There was some metal in there, obviously. Um, But I was, I, I won't necessarily call rebellion metal. That's one thing. It's more new metal than anything. I would say um, that you're asking more about the influences of the rebellion. Yes. Yep. Um, I would say like uh, the executioners, um, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit, POD, um, fucking uh, Limp Biscuit. 
Dude, I I just back. I got a little biscuit poster on my wall right now. Like I, I'm not ashamed. Three dollar bill was that shit. Um, <laughs> that ch- chocolate starfish. Yeah, they started getting a little weird on me. But um, as far as that goes, like yeah, like Mike Shinoda, he was a, he was a big one in that. Um, as far as you know, rapping over the rock music and shit. Um, fuck, there's been uh, Head PE. That was another one. Head PE was Head PE is good. Fun. I I like head PE. They do put out some very, very head banging, make you want to fight the official sort of music. Yep, rage, rage against the machine. That's an obvious one. Um, there's there's been so many that I just I grew up on. I wasn't necessarily like a metalhead, but like with the rap and rock, like mixed. I was like, God damn, like that's that's fucking hard. Oh, I think Slipknot did a very good job of mixing those two, especially with sick. Yep, that- that's another one. Yep, Slipknot was another one. Yep, that was definitely. Oh, uh, there, there's so many. There's way too many to fucking name. But yes, the uh, the new metal, the new metal. I I miss that shit though. There needs to be more of that. So I want to contribute. To that. There there was a giant wave of new metal, but a lot of people, a lot of people sort of died off of it when Lib Biscuit came out. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not a, I'm not the world's biggest Limp Biscuit fan, but I'm not also like a hater of it i acknowledge right. what they did but i think when limp Bizkit was like yeah we're new metal people were like oh yeah yep. i don't i don't like being part of new metal anymore i don't want to do this yeah static x this i just saw somebody mention static x in the comments yes yes and more yes static That's another one there, static x is one some... i never got into unfortunately i tried and i just oh my god those guys are so intense so intense. System of a Down. That's another. Yes, yes. So much yes. Would you Would you really consider System of a Down new metal though? I would just consider them flat out metal. Yes. Uh, t- yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's a toughie there though. That's that. that I feel like that's just there. fast. Excuse me. That's just fast singing. I I don't consider that rapping at all. Right. That's true. It is fast singing. Yeah. You got a point there. But we that's all- another one though, just an influence, like even a metal influence. That's that's one of them, right? Especially, that I, that I grew up on and lot. I've noticed that the the uh, merge of hip hop and metal has be is becoming more and more apparent over the years too. Like you had Five Finger Death Punch and Tech Nine covering a J uh, LL Cool J song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Outcast and uh, what was it Outcast and System of a Down? I think they're on the fucking uh, Matt Hoffman or Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Fucking, they're on that soundtrack with uh, Bombs Over Baghdad. Oh, that yeah. That shit was crazy. That shit was crazy as fuck. When I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> this shit's nuts. <laughs> and then we have Stifler Too Smooth in the chat saying Lil Wayne tried so hard. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Uh, another one, and I hate throwing shade at the motherfucker because he was so cool coming up. But uh, the punk scene, the punk scene right now pisses me off. Cause, like, Is there even a punk people- scene anymore? <laughs> People's perception of punk suck right. It sucks right now because I see rappers getting into it. Well, we know we all know who the fucking who that was led by. Machine and Gun Kelly. Yes, and he was so cool back in the day. And I'm not gonna bash him or nothing, but I hate. Oh, like, I will fuck that perception. guy. Fuck him. I hate. Pe- I hate people's perception of the shit because some. I, I saw some dude. He's like, I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to make punk come alive again. And it's like, I want you to name what you think punk is. I'm a big Blink Blink 182 fan. That is pop punk. That is pop punk. That is not straight punk music. Like, if you cannot tell me who the fuck, like, fucking the G.G. Allens of the world are, 
don't fucking talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you can't come to me and tell me who the GG Allens, the mentors, the early Guars, yes, the sex the Sex Pistols. I've heard people yeah. say they're a punk fan, and then I'm like, oh, so you know, they've heard of the Sex Pistols, and they're like, well, who's that? I'm gonna sound right. like a fucking hipster right now, but my brother in Christ, really? Yeah, yeah. I got introduced to like uh, the New Bomb Turks, like that. That was a big one back in the day. Um, fuck, there's so many. But these guys are just like, yeah, I, I want to bring, I want to bring punk back. And it's like, no, that is pop punk, bro. And you're talking to somebody who's like a diehard fucking Blink fan. Like I love Blink, but that, I'm sorry, like I can't even categorize. I love all the small things. I know that word for word. <laughs> We're actually covering "Damn It" in our uh, in the rebellion. It's kind of fun. No shit. Yeah. Do you guys are you guys planning on doing like a cover album sort of thing, or are you just throwing a couple songs out there to fuck around with? Just to fuck around with for now. It'll be something we don't we don't want to be known as a cover band, but it's just fun to have something that people already know that you know are just getting introduced to your band. Just to kind of show what kind of shit you're into too. You know? Right. Right. Like at my solo shows, like I, I at my solo shows, my hip hop shows and shit, I've been doing a uh, the Killers, Mr. Brightside at the end, just cause motherfuckers start singing that shit with you, and so like that's when you can do your crazy shit to get remembered for that performance. Like, uh, that's one point I've been trying to make with the shit. Like, and people are like, why why do you cover a song on there? I'm like, well, you you're gonna remember me by it, right? When I jumped up on the fucking air conditioner like two units high and r- fucking sang it down to you while you were singing along, asshole. Like, I was yelling words in your face that wasn't even my song, but you remember me from it. You went home and looked me up. <laughs> Couldn't remember this face. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so do you think crowd interaction has kind of got really calm compared to what it was back then? Like, performers on stage interacting with the audience when they're performing music? Because some shows, COVID, I've, some shows the, I've been to, I've seen people just stand on the stage, do their songs, and then leave. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, well, when are you talking from like uh, what, from like back in the era, like when the when the Lincoln Parks and shit were out, or are you yeah, compared about to like started? compared to like back in the day when you had people go into the crowd or bring people up on stage and have them sing, where it's just now people perform their songs, kind of do a little moving here and there, and then boot scoot and fuck off. It has it has declined a lot, like even in a hip hop sense, I. I think the worst thing to happen to a live show is the cell phone. Oh yeah. It kinda, oh, it definitely. Sucks that I just bought a copy. I was at the record store probably like a month ago. And that, just from a hip hop standpoint, I bought a copy of the up and smoke tour with like M and fucking Dre and Snoop and exhibit and ice cube. And you know what I'm saying? Like I bought, I bought a copy of that and to look into a crowd and not see one goddamn phone in the crowd and people just rocking and feeling the music. And now you got people recording the whole fucking concert, like not even enjoying them. Cody, but your age is showing. I'm just saying, man. I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that that is the most annoying thing at a show. And I mean, I like it. I like to see the footage after the show. However you want to show love, I appreciate it. But I do like to see people actually rocking. You know, if you want to take a picture on stage of a performer, not even necessarily me, like that's cool. Like you want a picture, you want a memory from the show. I mean, people even had fucking you know what I'm saying? Kodak cameras back then. Right. Go get your shit developed. You know what I'm saying? Right. They were actually rocking and feeling the music and feeling the emotion. Now it's hard to even make eye contact with people just because like their cell phones out and they're, you know, they're more worried about what's going on outside. Like 
I was always taught when you're in the venue, that's what the fuck you focus on. You show appreciation for, you know, the artist in there. If you want to check somebody new out. And I think that affects checking new artists out too. Exactly. Because if you're looking down, if you're only there for the, if you're only there for the headline and you don't check out the other artists, it's like, then why, then why did you show up an hour early? Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why don't you just check out your friend's stream and not spend, you know, however much you spend, whether it's a local show, five bucks or fucking, you know, $105. Why, why'd you spend all that money when you could just check your friend's stream? Who's going at that point, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's like the, <laughs> uh, that's like the Esham show that I went to a couple of years back. I went to see Esham up in Lansing. I didn't mm-hmm. know any of the people performing before him listening to him. I found out one of the group that was performing was from the local area. I don't know but, if you heard of the Michigan Misfits. Yeah, I just did a show with them in Toledo, actually. Yeah, they they performed before Esham. So if it wasn't for that main, like if it wasn't for that headliner, I would have never known who that was, and I paid attention. Right. Now, right. Stifler too smooth in the chat. I've <laughs> honestly only seen crowd interaction with mainly hip hop artists nowadays. Anyways, <sighs> hip hop artists are very, it, it's it's hit or miss with some of them. Some of them go on. And just go back and forth on the stage, rocking it. And then you have people. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. You have people like the Insane Clown Posse, who have a whole fucking stage show at the end called the Fago Armageddon, where they bring people up, spray Fago, basically just have a whole interaction with the fan and the, you know, the fans. Right. So right. I think hip hop is a very weird, weird area with crowd interaction. There's, there's a big gray area. Yeah, because you have people that want to interact with fans, and you have people that want to come up and get a check. Right, right, exactly. Like you see, uh, it's been happening like that for years too. Like, and and I'll I'll bring them up again. Like, uh, if you would have went to like an MGK show back in the day, that dude strived off that shit. Crowd interaction, get people involved. But like, people at about that same time were into like Gucci Mane, who would literally sit on stage with twelve of his homies and just rap to you and leave. You know, if he if he even finishes sex, he was too fucked up, you know? Right, and at that point, it's like, why did I pay all this money just to see somebody hang out with their homies and rap? I could go on YouTube and do the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Why, like, why, why even spend the money on the show? Right, because I remember the show that you did when I was a senior in high school. Oh, God. With, with Jaron <laughs> Benton. Oh, yeah, that was good shit. Yeah, the Jaron Benton show, when Kato's computer fucked up because they spilled beer on it, and he did an entire... Like two songs, completely acapella. Yes, that's yes. That's how you keep people's attention when you come to shows. If you're just standing around, not doing jack diddly shit, no one's right. gonna care what your music sounds like. Yep, that's how you show out too. The mistakes. I hate when people are like, "Wow, my sound fucked up tonight," and they go home, they bitch about it, cry about it on the computer or whatever, and then it's like, dude, that's where you capitalize. I literally, my brother's bio killers. They fucking uh. We had a sound at the Angry Inch, our very first show there or whatever. We provide, provided sound and stuff. And like a week earlier, I saw a dude literally spike a DJ's mic because the sound went out. It's like, why didn't you just like continue on? You know what I'm saying? Your backtrack failed. So if you practice your performance, you could have continued on. And you'd have made fans that way. They'd have respected you a little more than you fucking football spiking fucking Chad Johnson style on somebody's mic. You know what I'm saying? So I fucking, uh, the bio killer, their sound went out at the venue or whatever that we were hosting shit. Literally, they kept rapping. And like when the sound came back on, because the track was still playing, it was just something with the sound went out once that night. 
when they came back, they were right on fucking beat. And that just shows me you practice your shit. That shows me uh, that shows me you take your art seriously. This isn't just something that you come do for fun just to promote yourself. You actually take yourself seriously. I think wait, I think uh, people capitalize because you have so many so many critical people that will tell you, oh, your sound sucked or oh, this fucked up, this fucked up. And that gets in people's heads where yeah. you have somebody that's, that's like you that sees an issue and it's like, all right, well, yeah, I had an issue, but I fucking rocked with it. I kept yep. on, kept on with the get on. Yep. There's no, there's no point in throwing a fucking baby fit about it. Like capitalize off those moments or like, that's, that's one thing I've been preaching to people. Like one thing I've always had is a decent stage show. Like I've always kept it that way. Like, whether it was, you know, like the hype men that I had or adding drums and at times, you know, I don't have those now, but, you know, it's anything I could add to add energy because people recognize it. like, and then like now we're kind of like, I can't let you in on like the full plan, but now we're making it more of an artsy type stage show to where the stage, the whole fucking stage show is going to have a meaning to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to you go on the guar angle? Is that the plan? No. Not necessarily the guar angle. This is more of my solo shit here that I'm talking about. But oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you were gonna go, start doing the guar thing, where you're just gonna get giant puppets on stage, giant, you know, animatronics <laughs> and like, shit. Don't give me ideas, but <laughs> <laughs> no, just making it more so, uh, more artsy. You know, especially with getting older. Cause I'm 30 now. You know, I'd, and I'd, I'm not old. Like I'm middle age for the shit. Like I, I have friends who are like 45 doing this professionally right now who just got their break. You know what I'm saying? But I got to watch that shit. You know, I can't, I can't bounce the same way I did when I was 18 years old in front of people and shit. I just can't do it. Like, especially when it comes to a tour and stuff. So why not spruce it up to give people something to remember when they leave instead of just holding my nuts in front of them and yelling at them, you know? <laughs> I can't do the young man's game anymore. No, get out of my yard, Chitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, on it. <laughs> Okay, got a there was there's a comment in chat I see in that I want your opinion on. There's a difference between a concert and a performance. Do you agree or disagree? Agree. Definitely agree. A a concert has how do I decipher the two here? Cuz I totally agree with this. Putting on a concert is putting your effort into it honestly like uh, like i said like putting the stage props in there or giving people something to remember when they go home and that's the artists who are who have the stage presence that those are the ones that are actually like god damn it this one's this one's a mind fuck right now i can't get the words for it a performance though when you go see a performance when you say hey i gotta go see so-and-so perform it holds a little less weight. You know what I'm saying? That's something you say in high school when your buddy from high school raps and you go see, I'm, I'm going to go see, you know, Zach perform here. Right. It, 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 you feel more of a sense of entitlement and rightfully so if you, if you have it like that to say, you know, I'm going to Zach's concert tonight at da, 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 da. It sounds a lot better, but there is, there is, I, I feel that. I feel like, I feel like a concert. If you're going to a concert, most of the time you're not gonna say like hey i'm going to let's let's throw a fucking rap name out um waka i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i'm going to a waka performance i'm saying i'm gonna go to a waka concert you see what i'm saying there's a sense of like i wouldn't say entitlement but there is a big difference between and i i don't know something to me they just it, it's the same if i'm going to a concert i'm going to i'm going to watch somebody perform 
It's it's the yeah. same word, just di- it's the same meaning, just different words. True, true. All right, I I see what you're saying. It it is in a sense, but a performance too. Most of the time, when you're talking performance, from from a promoter standpoint, so I do that also. But from a promoter standpoint, it's most of the time when you say you're going to see a performance, that's one person. A concert means a whole onslaught, a good card. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's kind of that's kind of another another direction to look at it, but. I mean, teach his own. It's there is a difference, so somewhere in there, in the sense of words. All right, so we are coming. We are coming down to the very tail end of this interview. One question I have for you: What is something you would tell younger artists that are trying to come up in the game? Quality Just- music first. Don't burn ties on the way up. Uh, keep a level head, and always listen to like. It's one of the reasons I'm I'm not promoting my podcast here, but because it happens a lot to where younger artists like just abandon what um you know the older people have tell them at, at shows and shit. You know when when you when you start talking about stuff, um people who have been around a while like they just kind of like abandon whatever they say. Just go oh they didn't make it. I had this mindset. That's why I speak on it. I had this mindset. Oh they didn't make it. That's why they're there. It's like maybe there's a reason that's why they're there. And maybe they want you to learn from that reason. You know what I'm saying? So listen, quality product, keep a level head the whole time. Take opportunities as they come. You're going to learn the ropes a lot, but don't burn bridges even when you get fucked over and fucking listen to people. So it's listen, kind of, it's, it's sort of like listen to your elders sort of thing. Not necessarily listen to your elders. Keep your ears open. Listen before you speak, especially when you're first starting out. That's a mistake that I made. I burnt bridges way early on that I still don't have back, even though they might not be you know, prevalent to my success now. That was still something that could have came back. That was somebody that fucking is, you know, huge. And you just never know who's going to be next. All right, man. Well, like always, I always appreciate doing interviews with you. And it's nice that I can actually do an interview and it having, having sounded good. Yes, I upgraded. (laughs) Not trying to do, not trying to do an interview in a front room with a blue snowball or, have one with a phone recording with you walking around outside in a bonfire. You had a snowball? Yeah, the the first interview I did with you, I used a snowball. Look up the uh, definition of that on Urban Dictionary. I did the other day. No, I, I've learned. <laughs> I, I've, I've learned to stay away from Urban Dictionary. That has led me astray oh so many times. Oh, it's so fucking awesome, though. It's the best astray you could ever get. Oh yeah, you get <laughs> dude, you get bored. Just go on Urban Dictionary and search up any combination of words. Alabama hot pocket. You Fuck shut your dirty up. whore mouth. <laughs> I know what I know what that one is. That <laughs> Alright, man. Is there anything you wanna publicly shill before we boot scoot and get the fuck out of here? Well, I'll give a couple shout outs tonight. Shattered Dreams Entertainment, look out for us. Uh, Club's got a new album dropping next Friday, August fifth, I believe, is the date on that. Shout out to Club, shout out to Saint, fucking awesome people. Um, they go by the Bio Killers when they're not solo. Uh, shout out to fucking everybody on the Cody Live podcast, fucking Chad, uh, Beatbox Jake, fucking uh, T Jax, Alex, my crew of the Rebellion. Um. Yeah, be on the lookout. I just recorded three songs for a new uh it's a boom bap um EP I'm throwing together. Some of my old style shit. Um the rebellion has some original shit dropping coming up. Um lots of shows coming up. Just if you wanna check me out, 
uh, look up Cody Vibes Only pretty much anywhere and Google that shit and I'm fucking everywhere. Cody Vibes Only. And check out the Cody Live podcast. Friday night, we're with uh, Phil Monahan, uh, Phil Nitro Monahan, a uh, professional wrestler who uh, is doing big, big, big things. Uh, former NWA champion, uh, came down with COVID, and he's going to kind of tell his story on there. So it gets interesting. It's a pretty fun time. And then we're going to have music discussion afterwards and all that good shit. Check us out. And shout out to Gibby for fucking having me tonight. Hell yeah. Uh, it's always a blast having you on, man. We need to do, we need to get you just kind of like on here to do a bullshit discussion one day. I am totally down. A weekend would definitely for that type of shit. Because tonight I'm I'm playing the, ironically I'm playing the daddy card, and then uh got to go do my uncle Sam duties tonight. So ah, that's what we're all about over here at the fucking dad's corner of the internet, man. Working for child support, brother. Woohoo! <laughs> Yeah. It's always nice when you see that cut come out of Shout your out check. Shout out to the state of Ohio. <laughs> All right, brother. It was great having you on. Yes, for sure. All right. Like he said, go check out Cody and all of that fun shit. Yes. Y'all have a good night. All right. Catch you later, Bubba.